0: <laughs> Wake up in the morning, get my grano. Hop in the shower, brush my teeth and get my shine oy hey, Sky Lamac, we take your trips to different time zones. I feel like E. T. Way these bitches trying to find home. Wake up in the morning, get my ground
1: old. Welcome everybody to Living on Purpose Podcast. We're your host James Hagler and I'm Jason Wilson. Uh today we have a special guest, Prescott Mac. He's a basketball team owner and also a sports agent welcome all right thanks for having me no doubt all right thanks for being here man so tell us about your basketball career and how you transitioned to a sports agent and team owner
2: um so i was an average basketball player um had no zero offers coming out of high school um Actually was a D1 football prospect, um, but kind of chose. I just finished watching the Colin Kaepernick show on on Netflix and his, how he handled um, turning down baseball and going after football was identical about how I handled football, turning down football to to choose basketball. Zero offers, um, ended up walking my way on to um, a division two basketball team, but the to play pro was kind of never in my um in my wheelhouse i was i always wanted to be on the business side so i had a little cousin that um was really talented ended up playing at texas tech and we had decided at a very young age that um he would pursue this thing pro um in a a professional manner and i would pursue it on the business side and and be his agent and we we kind of decided that when he was 14 and i was 16. And then um, so once I once I got my opportunity to, to get a taste of college basketball, I um, left school and started interning, becoming an agent. And and that was at the age of 21. And um, now I'm nine, 10 years into the game. Um, and then me becoming a team owner was just kind of a notch on the tool belt on how I could help players um, that were kind of like me that doesn't have don't have the biggest resume. Um I, I I made my niche in helping players that didn't have um, D one on their resume or high profile on their resume, and they they needed that opportunity, even though um, they were just as talented as those guys that that got all the notoriety.
0: So, what is uh explain the difference uh, D one uh, of the you know explain the difference what that is so our audience yeah. can understand
2: in the in the ncaa it's split into divisions um similar to like how in high school is split into a's so 5a 6a 3a 4a um and in high school it's based off of the size of the school um i'm not really sure what the criteria is in college but they're split into division one schools division two schools right Mm
0: -hmm. right so that's what you mean by when you say d1 you're talking that that's short for division right Correct. Yeah. I always get it confused, you know, cause I I come from a small high school in, yeah. in Hanover, Massachusetts, opposed to Brockton, Mass. Now Brockton, Massachusetts, that, that that they was good in the football back in back in the eighties and stuff like that. But they were Division One. So I was like, well, what is my school? Division right. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, to, to be to be a good football football player. Coming out of there, you have to be out, outstanding, which right. which there's room to be that. But I mean, I mean, it was just you know ridiculous. So I I, I never knew what our school was. Now now Hanover was a different division. They didn't moved up. They did this whole school yeah. over. They got a good lacrosse team, the whole nine, and and uh, their rugby team is doing pretty well. So when I'm here, I'm jealous.
2: <laughs> yeah, in different states, they classify different. Like, see, in Texas, we have six. A's. And I don't know what the A stands for, but there's a small, a small rural school in Texas is 1A. It means like you maybe have a graduating class of 50 people. They don't even play 11 man football. They play six man football. And then, and, uh, then it goes 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A. And then like the school Kyler Mary went to Allen High School is like a juggernaut high school. It's a public school, but it's 6A. And they're built like colleges. The school that I graduated from is 6A and it's built like a college. So these are it's based off of size in high school and every state kind of classifies them different, but in college, they're divisions. So I guess some states like your like Massachusetts has division one high schools, division two. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm Yeah, because like you said, like you said, they're built like like colleges, you know, they yeah. got food court and anything, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> So yeah. that's 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 what that's the that's what makes it so crazy. So I I want to uh, you know try to get that right. Like man, you know how how you because know, it's real confusing, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy because in high school I had like Chick fil A and Pizza Hut in my yeah. life
0: period, and yeah. it was like <laughs>
2: I went to a, I ended up going to a small Division two school, and I'm like, my high school is better. Than yeah. that.
0: <laughs> but that's how they, they got schools like that in Atlanta right now you know schools that that are like that man unbelievable you know with with um Scotty Pippen he didn't he come from a small school too didn't he
2: yeah uh college he went to central Arkansas yeah right um, which was it's now division one um in the Southland conference but it used to be NAI I think when he was playing So NAI is totally different than NCAA. It's a whole different league. So it's not even NCAA. So that's even below, in some cases, below D3 NCAA. So Scottie Pippen, like, really was a trailblazer.
0: Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. i said saying you had to be a trailblazer back of my high school too if you want to get bodied. <laughs> you got a scout to even just even look at you. Where he come from again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he must be killing him down there. <laughs> my phone is ringing.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Prescott, I saw that uh that docu series on Colin Kaepernick and uh, I was really surprised to know that he went through a lot of racist um situations when he was a kid i had no idea
2: yeah a lot of it came from his own parents naively mm. like it you could tell that they didn't mean um you can also tell that they even allowed the depiction of his parents to be that way in the in that series because they he's actually really close with his with his parents so the fact that it was allowed to show them in that light shows how truthful it what it really was and right how innocent that it it really was because from the fact that she didn't even want to put up the the homecoming picture that he went with a black girl but she he wow. put, put up the his mom put up the picture when he went with a white girl to the winter formal like it was just um I think that was a little bit more blatant um but like to the to the him wanting to wear braids she just didn't know and then when they would go to hotels um while he was on, with his baseball team, and he'd be the only black on his baseball team with white parents. And they'd go to his parents thinking that he was like bothering them because he's this six foot three black, black boy. Right. Um, going up to these middle class, you know, white, white parents. And so people like hotel workers were going to and was like, is this man bothering you? And it's like, and they would jokingly be like, yeah, he, he's he's bugging me. He's always asking for money. And they, and they were joking. <laughs> they couldn't even realize that they were racially profiling him because they just were naive to it and um it was it it was very eye-opening to me um because it it just shows like there's there's still so like you don't have to um i guess be be consciously racist to still be racist mm. you know what i mean so, and, and it's OK, like it's, it's understood that you wouldn't that like as a I'm talking to a white person that never experienced this, like it's it's OK that you don't know, but like be open to the fact that you don't know and, and be willing to learn. And so I think that that was it was a well put together show. It had a lot of great lessons. Um, and I'm I'm really I'm really happy that Colin um, and Netflix was was able to put that out because um there's no telling how many, like, black... I'm, I was a, a only black on teams and, and grew up in the suburbs and things like that, so...
0: Oh, really me too. It, so, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. I didn't like it. My father moved us out to Hanover, Massachusetts, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was predominantly white, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just me and my brother and my sister and an Indian, uh, Indian girl... And one other black girl and uh, and a Vietnamese boy. That was it. And mm. It was rough, man. You know what I mean? It was. Rough. Yeah. It was done. That was what eighties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This eighties, about 85. It was rough, man. I was yeah. like coming from a black neighborhood out here, or, or mixed or mixed because Brockton was mixed. So and like I said, that high school was huge. So, you know. I mean, we, I was looking forward to going to that school because I was playing sports, and then right. he took us out here. I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a culture shock. I was, I was like, "Oh man, we didn't like it. Uh, we didn't like it at all, man." I, 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 I didn't like it. You know, it's probably a little bit better nowadays because there's more uh, information out there, and and right. people are different now than they were back in the '80s. '80s, I think they were a little more racist than they are. Now you know what I'm saying, especially with the schools and all that. So I mean, to me, I just I I, I was I wouldn't do that to none of my kids. None of them. If it ain't mixed, they're not going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't one or the other. If it ain't mixed, you ain't good. Because <laughs> you're gonna have a you're gonna you're gonna have a problem with that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Either way, if it's if it's fully black, it could be issues. If it's fully yeah, oh black, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, mixed. Yeah, I I definitely agree
0: because that's what the world is. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what you know. I say that the world is all it's all mixed So if, I, if all them cultures ain't in there, then we shouldn't be going to this school. Right. You know mm. So that's that's my philosophy on that. You know. So, so I Pres- understand
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. So Prescott, um, did you run into any racism as a young black agent? Ooh.
2: That is a great question. I, I've actually never been asked that. Um, I mean, I when you ask it, then yes, I have. Like, hmm. even to the sense of of, um, and I don't I don't necessarily know if it always had to do with race, but like in the in the early 2010s um, when I became an agent. Um, and that sounds weird because I am so young and so you're talking about things in the 80s and I'm talking about the early 2010s (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is uh, like the 2010s versus the 2020s totally different right so there's a totally different decade um and when I became an agent it was before we really started like trying to it was in the in the brink of players going one and done and 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 building their brands through social media and then being famous before they even got get out of high school and going viral. It was before all of this. It was like the, it was it was just starting when I was graduate. When I graduated high school in 2009, it it all that stuff had just started, like the mm-hmm. social media going viral, buying all of that stuff. Um, so. At that time, athletes weren't conscious, they we weren't woke to to know like, okay, let's try to sign with a black agent to keep it, you know, to, we weren't woke like that. We were, this, this, um this agent has more connections. They have a bigger foot in the door. They have a seat at the table. I'm going with them. Um, so I, I dealt with a lot of that, of me being the black agent and me and, and potential clients, not really thinking that I had the ability that you know a white agent would would have and so while yes i can go and sit in the living room i can go sit at their dorm and i can say hey listen i'm going to work hard for you i'm going to do this i can give my whole pitch and it'd be way better than any other agent that that came and sat with them but because this agent had the opportunity to intern with a bigger company and then got bigger like did have bigger connections kind of handed to them um I got passed over a lot mm-hmm. and so that's where I found my niche of like I started signing players early on that those bigger white agents wouldn't wouldn't touch because they wouldn't make enough money off of them so I started figuring if I my thought process was if I can get lower level players signed and then I can go to the higher level players and be like you see what I did with him? Like, imagine what I could do with you where people were calling me versus me calling them, right? So um, I think I did get passed over a lot because of the color of my skin. But I, and up until now, until you just asked that question, I always um, attested it to my age because I was young mm. and, and inexperienced. But I, when you think about it, like, there were other young white inexperienced agents that were signing players at the same time and their career trajectory went went uh at a higher slope than mine and while now we're at the same level they went up higher and plateaued while I like gradually kept growing and um so so yeah I I I guess the answer is yes I did have to deal with racism
0: what Mm. what they call like what's that like white privilege almost
2: yeah well it was it was a lot of white privilege um especially when it came to internships that were available right. um, opportunities to like get in in touch with brands um you know the agent game is historically an, a Jewish game so right. the nepotism of it all like being able to go to an uncle you know that that has money and be able to start your own agency with capital and go to these players and offer um signing bonuses those that was something i couldn't do early on and um or having your money from your bar mitzvah that's just sitting there and saved up and and making money um that was that was just an opportunity a privilege that i didn't have um
0: i I, I get it i i I get it man because a lot of people just say the same thing about me and with my dad but my dad wasn't about that life though he was like yo you're gonna have to you know it, it came hard for me, and you gonna have to work for it too. So right. you ain't getting. You gotta do it the way you gotta do it, and a lot of people couldn't understand that. Yeah. You know yeah. where I was from, a lot of people couldn't. Even when I was in college, I, I had guys teasing me, "Oh, yeah, your parents is multi million dollar parents, and yeah. I got credit cards, and you're working in the dishroom." You know what I mean? <laughs> <And> I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 it's it, it's difficult, you know. And in my do eyes, you, I didn't. I, think I,
2: I that, uh, in the black community, we we may be hurt ourselves because i think about that too and i've been on my own since i was once i left the house it was it was a wrap like i didn't get any help from my parents or my mom like when i left i left and right. in the black community once you turn 18 you go out yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, but like in the white community you can once you if you're still in college you're still living off mom and dad and then yeah. even after college after you graduate you 24 25 26 and you're still You can live at home and and like build your career up and stuff. And so I I really think that in the black community, us doing that really sets us up because at 18, me trying to figure out how to pay all my bills while trying to go to school, while trying to play ball was difficult. And if I would have had um, the not even that my parents would have like if I wanted to come home, they wouldn't have taken me, taken me but the it was just the how we're taught like you're grown okay. now you go do right.
0: so it would it been, it would have been tough to come back home you know yeah. I mean you would have to hear a lot it have been stressful yeah. to do exactly. that you know you by I will just stay here the versus going there and have to hear all this right. and then I'm better off right here and that way you feel a lot better about yourself too in the same mm-hmm. token cuz you going you have to find that strength to do it and i you know it's changed now it's it's changed a little more now in black household, you know, what I'm saying parents are starting to do different things with, with the kids and stuff. And now uh, I think it's great, you know. Yeah. I think they should keep 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 going because it helps the kid. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt them. Yeah. You know, it does not hurt them. It, it helps them. It gives them that 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 sigh of relief, you know, because you need that, you know, yeah. going into this because times are changing. And if you don't change with the times, like they said, to be perfect is to change often. So. Right. We, as a culture, we got to do that, man. I, I, we got to give our kids that extra um so that yeah. way that they that they that they make it. You know that they don't. You know that they don't have to go through what they want to in order in order to get it.
2: Jason, we can't hear you.
1: Can you hear me?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Prescott, let me ask you this question first. I'm going to ask you too, James. Prescott, you have a daughter, right, or a son? I have three sons, three sons. Okay. So, I mean, you're financially stable. Um, you're the owner, the owner of a team and everything. When your sons grow up, do you agree with them? Uh, you know, basically fighting to get what they want on their own or will you give them support? I think it has to be a balance. I think I can instill,
2: um, work ethic in, in them without throwing them to the wolves. per se. Like, yes, I can, I can teach you how to work and go get it and how I did. And I can open up to how I I'm doing it. Cause while yes, I'm, I'm secure. I'm still working every day. Like I'm not, I'm not there yet. So I can show an example to them on how to work, how to go get it, like how, how to build something, but at the same time still offer them support and offer a safety net. And that's, I think that's what we are missing as a culture. Is like um, my someone a, a white kid, or even sometimes a Mexican kid, because Mexican uh, Hispanic kids stay in home longer than than Black kids too. Like they'll yeah. come back and they and uh, and they they're really good about that. It'll be a bunch of Hispanics in one house because they're trying to build their their wealth. And so I think that having just like James said. Having that safety net kind of helps you work a little bit better because you're not stressed. And right. so I I definitely want to offer work ethic and teach that, but at the same time, take away the stress to where you can truly focus on whatever that craft that you're trying to, whatever that business is or whatever that career is, or if you're learning to, to take over daddy's uh, business, like you still are going to have to learn a lot, but I don't need you stressing over whether or not you can pay the light bill i don't need your problems to be bigger than your dreams mm. and so as long as i can keep your problems lower uh, at at a minimum um and lower than your dreams then we're then i think i'm doing a good job so um that's what that's what i would that's my plan for my boys is to always make sure and up into and a certain extent to to keep making sure until they're ready um uh, to Get there to to make sure that I minimize stress and keep their problems
1: below their dreams. That's a great point. What do you think, James?
0: I I agree with him. You know, uh, you know, like I tell my kids, you know, always come home. You know, but you you're not just gonna sit around. Right. You know, you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta keep your job. You gotta you gotta keep striving. You know, so I, I understand you're trying to get to a point, and you need that help to get to the point. Well, it's there. I'm going to support you 100, you know. My dad wasn't there. My, my dad wasn't as, as uh, supportive to me, so I'm I'm breaking the chain. <laughs> all that stopped. They stopped with them. Oh, that's how they was raised. Oh, but we're doing it different. Mm. As long as you work and you're showing progress and, and you're out there putting on the ground and you're working hard towards your goal, dad to be there all day. You know, but if not, then, you know, you're going to learn the hard way. You're not gonna like, and you're not gonna like, you're not gonna like me, and that's all right because you're gonna love me late. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, Prescott, as a team owner, um, you know, with mental health being a hot topic right now, have you run into any situations with your own team members?
2: Um, Like my players, yes yeah um so one of the first times i really uh because i'm going into my third year and so this was my second season and my first season wasn't as great like it i didn't have my business structure good well like nothing was ran very well um this year even something as small as my payroll system being ran correctly um my very first like thought of like "Mm, i should be doing more to help these players that are some of them are older than me some of them are younger than me but i got like when we started we we started paying our players to where so since after the pandemic 2020 hit the play the money that i spent paying players in first in our first season when 2020 hit they couldn't file unemployment they couldn't um I didn't get anything back from from my season being in being stopped. I didn't get anything back from me. What all the money I spent on that season. It was just a wash. Mm -hmm. And it was because I was paying players just like cash or whatever. So like whatever they were supposed to make, I would just send it to them. Cash app, uh, Zelle, Apple Pay, whatever. I was just sending them their their um, their salary. Well, then once I got went legit to to say the least, I had, I had a payroll system. I'm paying taxes on it. I'm paying payroll taxes so that if anything happened, if a pandemic hit, they can file unemployment, I can um, I can get my money back because I couldn't even do like any PPP thing because I wasn't paying my players the, the like uh, I wasn't on the books or whatever. So um, so this year when I through the IRS and paying taxes on on my payroll, I was getting child support letters. So like players full checks were going to child support. Oh. And I was like, "Man, that sucks." Cuz I me I have three different levels of sons. I only have one biological son, he's 6 months old. My middle son is adopted and I have a stepson. My oldest mm-hmm. son is my stepson. So I have every level of children. Um and so I'm looking at it like I don't know what child support is or how it works or anything like it it just and i'm like dang that sucks like they have to give their whole like they're they're living their dream they're playing pro Mm -hmm. basketball and then all their check is going towards something they that you know that probably could have been prevented or a situation that you know whatever the case of why they're on child support or like what happened or why they had back child support or whatever but it was it was I had the thought like I reached them too late in, in a sense. And so that was my first thought and, and my first situation. And then it, it just spiraled from there. Like, what else are they doing? Like you're having to perform. I'm expecting you to perform on the basketball court, win games, um, like sell tickets, be marketable, all of these things. But what are you doing? Like, and that's just basketball. That's just your job. Like, that's just what you're getting paid for. What are you dealing with on a on a daily while you're trying to chase your dream while you're like um, because playing for Dallas Skyline is just a stepping stone. You're not making a lot of money. And so you're trying to get to either the NBA, the G League or somewhere high overseas. So while you're stressed about that and then the one like now you got this opportunity to play, play basketball, make money, um, be at home. But now your check is gone. Like, what else are you doing? What else is there? What other bills are you having to deal with? Why? Like you're 25, 26 years old. What what other avenues of income do you have? Like what? Like I just started questioning so many things like what? How can I help you more? How can what can I do besides me go broke myself trying to pay you more? Like what else can I do? Cause even if I pay you more, they're still going to take more, they're going to take more child support out now. So yeah. it, it just was, um, it was, it was a tough thing for me to have to like wrap my head around, like, like maybe I kind of took ownership in it. Like maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe like, um, like why, like why then, why are they having to deal with it? We're the same age, we're the same race. We got to, we come from the same place. Like, what is it what is it that i had differently that he that he didn't mm. and um so it started i mean it, it just kind of spiraled and in, in me trying to kind of figure out um what what else are they dealing with i know i have my own stresses i know i have my own problems i know like i have to deal with different mental health things but i just could only imagine what they're having to deal with on top of probably dealing with the same stuff as me
1: so mm. So what do you think about uh, the players hiring a therapist or, you know, someone to help them with their issues? I think
2: that um, everybody needs someone to talk to. And I think that's missing in the black community is truly having someone that you can talk to. And and we know in the black community, we have trust issues. So we don't trust the medical system. We don't trust the the person next to us. We don't trust like it's always we're always on guard. Right. Mm. And we're so we're so guarded. Um, I think we all need, we all do our crying, our praying, our, our um, doubting in the dark. And I think we really, all of us as um, not even just black men and not even just basketball players, but all of us need someone to talk to. And so specifically basketball players or athletes um, having someone to talk to, because just like, in high school when you have you're getting more privileges people don't realize like i used to get i used to deal with all the time in high school where um they would say these athletes get all these privileges they get to get out of school early or they don't you you would pass them just so they can play and they they get all all these privileges right so but they don't understand that yeah that may that may be true like some some teachers may pass A a kid because he's a good athlete and and he really and that's doing that player a good service a disservice And all of that is true, but they're not looking at the fact that this this young man is also at at 16 17 18 years old responsible for Carrying a team and and making sure that this grown man keeps his job because Mm -hmm. his job is depending on winning games and Representing the school And then they have to have the same homework, but they're in school, like you go to school seven hours a day, they're at that school for 10 hours a day because they got practice or sometimes 12 hours a day because they got practice. So there's more required of them, even at the high school age. So when they become pros, there's more on them. And like, not only do they have the day to day of a man, but they have a sport and other men and other and whole nother group of people that they're responsible for. And, um, they need that. They need that release more than anybody to me. Um, athletes have to deal with two times as much as the average person. So, yeah, you look at even, even in the pro side, like at first it was LeBron, shut up and dribble. And now LeBron, we need you to talk about getting vaccinated. Like <laughs> which one do you want? So, <laughs> is it's i think that it's a must um it's a it's a big need for athletes to have a therapist and someone to talk to sure. did you
0: ever experience any uh mental health issues
2: not no not to not that i know of that's why i need to talk to someone too because i may have some trauma i need to uh, unpack um but i i would like to say i've been pretty mentally stable throughout my life like i deal with problems pretty i've gone through my depressions but i've been able to like come out of them and use them as motivation and and um i think i'm in a pretty solid mental state but i think i could still use some people to talk to as well so
0: so how did you come out of them how how did you come out of them like like give us like give us like one example that that you could share with us on how you dealt with it so if, if anybody listening, they might have the same issue and not have thought about what you've done.
2: Yeah, but I mean, being an entrepreneur already is is tough. So yeah, it the is. First year of my um of the season, I told you we didn't, we weren't doing well, and I spent a lot of money, and we we weren't selling tickets, we weren't doing well at all, and at the end of the season, I and I I was the pandemic hit, I had no money coming in. And I was late making my last payments to my players. And I got drug on social media, like, it was it was bad. And mm-hmm. um, sent me into a depression, like, because this was something I had never done before, I stepped out on faith to do it. And I like failed and failed miserably, um, in my eyes. And so I really just took time. I took time away and it was a pandemic. So it was a little easier. I was able to be with my family. I was able to take walks every day. And um, I just really like honed in on what was important and, and became grateful of what I had. And then, uh, then, you know, it took me a good, until October of 2020 was when I started working on year two. So I didn't even spend the off season really working. But like it took me until October of 2020 to get motivated to work on this season that just passed. Um, and what got me motivated was just the fact that I was grateful. I I stopped being so hard on myself. I let myself have make mistakes. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I realized what I did wrong and and realized that what I did wrong was like
1: normal. Like mm. I've never done this before. So right, Thank you for watching Living on Purpose Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel.